Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. We wouldn't know God as a protector if there wasn't something we needed to be protected from. We wouldn't know that God was a healer if we didn't get sick ourselves or know somebody that got sick and prayed for the healing. We wouldn't know God to be a provider unless we were lacking something and needed help. We wouldn't know that God was a comforter unless we had some sort of tragedy happen in our lives and we needed to look to God for comfort. We wouldn't know that he was a way maker unless there was a time where somebody had to make a way out of no way. We wouldn't know that he was a promise keeper unless all we had to look on was many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them. We wouldn't know that he was a miracle worker unless we needed a miracle and we saw God come through in that time. with me if you will to the 23rd Psalm Psalm 23 a very familiar passage hear ye the word of the Lord the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, For the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about compassion, courage, and calm. Compassion, courage, and calm. Uh, The 23rd Psalm is one of the most famous passages of scripture. Uh, Little children are taught to memorize Psalm 23 and the Lord's Prayer uh, if they aren't taught anything else about the Bible. You cannot, absolutely cannot go to a funeral and not hear Psalm 23 along with John 14. Somebody's going to get up and say, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And somebody's going to get up and say, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. If you don't hear it during the Old Testament and New Testament reading of the portion, uh, one of the pastors that's going to get up and sneak a preach might say it. Uh, If you don't hear it then, you'll hear it during the processional as the pastor or the officiant of the service leads the people in. And if you don't hear it during the the processional or the, the uh, Old Testament and New Testament reading, you're going to hear it at the recession or when the family and the people go out. And if by chance you go to a funeral and you don't hear Psalm 23 uh, at the processional during the Old Testament reading or the recessional, you are going to hear it at the grave side. Psalm 23 is famous. Well known. You can get bookmarks that have the 23rd Psalm on it. They got Bible covers. They got posters. They got quotes. People make it to screenshot, uh, make screenshots of Psalm 23, their desktop picture. It is famous. The Psalm is easy on the ears. And it's easy on the ears because it has a symmetry to it. 
It matches. People love symmetry. Uh, according to scientific research, symmetry is inherently attractive to, human to the human eyes. At a very young age, children are drawn to people with similarity between the left and the right sides of their face. Babies spend more time staring at photographs that where the left and the right side match. They're balanced. Everything is in perfect uh, deal. Same for adults. A study at the University of Louisville showed pictures of individuals to a whole bunch of diverse group of people, Asians, Latinos, African Americans, Caucasians, from 13 different countries. And they all had the same general opinion about those they found the most attractive. They had the most balanced faces. The funny thing, though, is, is even though we like symmetry, even though we like for everything to be in its place, even though we like things to balance, life is nothing like that. It's anything but that. That's not to say that asymmetry or the lack of balance is ugly. Uh, don't get upset if you look in the mirror and notice that there are differences between the left and the right side of your face. Nobody is really perfectly balanced. Nobody gets everything they planned the way they plan it. But we look at these people when we see them and we think because they have some sort of balance that they have it all together. And the fact of the matter is they do not. Things fall apart. And that's the reason that I like the 23rd Psalm, because it was written by David, someone who fell apart over and over and over again. If you look through the book of Kings, you understand that even him becoming king was not balanced. He was not the one you would have thought off the top. Uh, he did not go, his life did not go the way people have planned. And David didn't look like he had it all together. But it takes courage to look beyond the outward appearance uh, because the world tends to favor people who are tall and good looking and experienced. But the Lord looks at the heart. When the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house to pick the next king, he Jesse sent out all of his good looking, big, tall, balanced, looked like they got it all together sons. Because they thought that these were the people that had the right qualities for success. But that's not what Samuel was looking for. He was looking for what God had told him to look for, and it was their heart. So he calls out Abinadab. Samuel says no. Shama, uh, 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 Shama uh, Samuel says no. Nathaniel, Samuel says no. Ozem, Samuel says no. Radai, Samuel says no. He says, do you have anybody else? Samuel asked, Jesse, are all your sons here? And Jesse says that the youngest one is left, and he is out in the field taking care of the sheep. So Samuel tells him to bring the boy here. And when he arrives, God says, rise and anoint him, because this is the one. Samuel anoints David as king in the presence of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord becomes mightily on David from that day forward. Uh, it says, from that day forward, forever, forevermore. And so David, who had some ups and downs in his life, David, who didn't have his life all planned out the way everyone should have thought, penned this favorite song. Starts off, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, kings were referred to as shepherds in the Old Testament, particularly in 1st and 2nd Kings and in Jeremiah. They, the kings were called the shepherd of the people, and a king is judged 
by how well his people are protected and fed. If a king can't take care of his people, that's not viewed as a good king. And lots of times if a king can't take care of his people, they won't be king for long. If the people aren't fed, if the people are starving, if the people keep getting attacked and run over, that's a bad king. And he won't be king for long. The people will suffer. So the kings have to have compassion for their people. They have to be willing to feel what the people are going through. Even though they have more than the next man, that doesn't do anything about their emotions. Uh, Just because you have more than the next man don't mean that you will always have more than the next man. So you got to have some compassion. Because the same people you see on the way up are some of the same people you'll see on the way down. Uh, Can I testify for a little bit? There have been some situations that I have been in where somebody made fun of me for being in that situation, working at that job or going to that particular school or associating with those people because they thought that they were better than that. And lo and behold, you just keep on saying good morning and they end up at that same job. They end up at that same school. They end up dealing with those same people. Same people you see going up are the same people you're going to see going down. And the, 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 one of the times that a king really needs to show compassion for his people is when everything is not going as planned. That's when true leaders are made. When the going gets tough, that's when you see who was really trying to be a leader to be a leader or who just wanted to have the position, who wanted to be in charge, who wanted preferential parking and preferential seating and into certain meetings and those who were there. When, when the time gets tough, that's what you see what your leaders are really made of. Do they really care about the people they lead or did they just use them as a stepping stone to get to the place that they really wanted to get to? Do they care for their people? Now's the time when leaders need to be caring for their people. Talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death in the text. Some translations mean that means darkness, but whether it's the shadow of death or it's darkness, it's suffering. We are under imposed, self-imposed quarantines right now. We have only a handful of people in the church. People are staying home. People are scared to go out. Those with immune systems that are compromised are immediately scared about what's going on. People are suffering. We don't know where our next check is coming from and if that check comes at all. But if we get that check, we don't know if it's going There are things that are going on that this is happening. We are stuck in the house with our spouses and our children, and we're wondering, when are they going back to school? Why don't we have enough COVID-19 tests? When is there going to be a vaccine? When can I get back to life that is normal? There are some of us who are fortunate enough to get paid in the good times and the bad, but there are a whole bunch of people that are being laid off because they can't do business. There are a whole bunch of people who have poor leadership that are looking at this crisis as an opportunity to cut their books down to the way they want them to look so they can increase their profit. There's things going on. And we don't know when or why the trouble comes, just that it comes. And we want to press blame on somebody as if pressing blame will make the trouble go away. 
Rough times will come. We'll be in the valley for the things that we cannot control. And we can get hit on the head by the rod where the things that we can control. But God's care sometimes gets known in our suffering. We wouldn't know God as a protector if there wasn't something we needed to be protected from. We wouldn't know that God was a healer if we didn't get sick ourselves or know somebody that got sick and prayed for the healing. We wouldn't know God to be a provider unless we were lacking something and needed help. We wouldn't know that God was a comforter unless we had some sort of tragedy happen in our lives and we needed to look to God for comfort. We wouldn't know that he was a way maker unless there was a time where somebody had to make a way out of no way. We wouldn't know that he was a promise keeper unless all we had to look on was many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them. We wouldn't know that he was a miracle worker unless we needed a miracle and we saw God come through in that time. Even in the most threatening situation, God will provide. God's provision is sufficient. The threat is real, but it's not something to lose hope over. The threat is real, but we do not need to lose that hope. We don't ignore the threat. We deal with it accordingly. We don't pretend that it's not there. The shepherd is going to take care of his sheep, and we are not in this alone. We have a shepherd that is a Lord, that is the one that we know that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will carry us through. We have a shepherd that lets us know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We have a shepherd that lets us know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are not in this alone. Mark Twain said that courage is not the absence of fear, but resistance to it. We can pretend like we aren't scared. We can try to talk crazy about those that we think are scared, but that's not true courage. Courage is the ability to move forward even if you are scared. We are not alone in this matter, and we have help help that we can look to that comes from the Lord. It talks about this Lord being our shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. A king is judged by the way they take care of their people and whether or not they protect them. Uh, Sheeps lie down in green pastures so they have access to food. They are led beside the still water so that they have access to drink. A shepherd is judged by the way he takes care of his sheep. And the sheep can eat and drink because there is no danger. And the restoring of the soul means that the sheep is kept alive. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Comfort to know that the creator is greater than any created thing. And we prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Uh, Just like the shepherd makes sure that there is food and drink for the sheep and protects them. The Lord will make sure there is food and drink for us and will protect us. Preparing a table in the midst of our enemies. The enemy wants to shame you. 
uh, that shame that's working in the text because when you are not allowed in on the in crowd, they say you don't have a seat at the table. Uh, breaking bread together during biblical times was, was big. It was important. If somebody didn't want to break bread with you, they thought that that person was beneath you. If you, if you didn't want to eat with somebody, you didn't eat with them because you thought they weren't of your ilk. But here we have a seat at the table, one of the best prepared tables by the best host that there is. And just like the, the, the sheep got the grass and the water, we're prepared a place at the table in front of our enemies. And just like the sheep got the water for a drink, the cup overflows. Uh, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. The text says follow in English and in other translations, but a more literal translation of that means to pursue. This goodness and this mercy from the almighty father is chasing after us. It will chase after you. It will run you down. It will pursue you over and over again. One theologian said the mystery is not that we seek God, but that God seeks us. He's rooting for us in this. He's giving us the opportunity uh, to, to, to receive this goodness and this mercy that he's chasing us with. And dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever is a long time. And that forever lets us know exactly how long God loves us. But it's also a promise. See, when he says to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that's also a promise that the psalmist is going to go back to church. No matter what's going on, the psalmist is going to be able to get back to church. It may not be right when you want it. But the psalmist knows that with everything that's going on, when there are things that are lacking, he's being provided. When there are things that he needs protection from, he's going to get it. And when it's all said and done, he's going to go back to church. I talked about symmetry at the beginning, and I'm coming to a close, and not a, not a, a preacher lie, but a real close. Uh, there are, there's something also that is unique about Psalm 23. It says that the Lord is my shepherd, right? And then it says, I will dwell in verse 1. And then in verse 6, it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are a bunch of different terms that are used for Lord and God in the Bible. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Elohim, and Yahweh. But there are very few passages in the Bible that both start and end with the same word. Uh, this one starts with Yahweh and ends with Yahweh. The same name used for God at the beginning is the same name used for God at the end. So I know that my king has compassion for me. And I know because the king has compassion for me, I can have courage to move forward and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep stepping on everything. Keep going where God wants me to go. But I also know that because God is at the beginning and God is at the end. 
I can be calm and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was, he's the one who was and is and is to come. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The way it starts is the way it's going to finish. And the way it starts is with God on the throne. And the way it's going to finish is with God on the throne. The way it starts is that God will provide. And the way it ends is that God will provide. The way it starts is that God will protect. And the way it ends is that God will protect. The Lord is my shepherd. And we have the best shepherd we could ever think of. Jesus. I know I started in Psalm 23, but when you slide all the way over to the New Testament, John 10, he says in multiple verses, 11 and 14, he says that I am the good shepherd. This is the best protector we could ever have. This is the best provider that we could ever have. This is the best one that we can have to look out for us when we need the help. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook. 